Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. Freed Up has a word for you. Today's episode, I'm excited to welcome Reverend Dr. Marisha. She has a master's in school counseling with a specialization in mental health. She has a PhD in human services and counseling, and she's a licensed minister. And most importantly, she loves to encourage women who are stuck and struggling with the emotional trauma of separation and or divorce. She has a ministry that she loves to say, I'm helping women become residue free. I'm excited to have her join us. So make sure you get comfortable. There's a lot to cover with this topic that can be really difficult to talk about, but thank God we can be freed up even after a season of heartbreak through divorce or separation. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. Hey there, Reverend Dr. Marisha, how you doing? Doing great. I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here today to share with your listeners. Thank you for saying yes. Mm -hmm. Um, We appreciate having you on. And um, I know that um, a little bit of your background is very similar to, we have some similarities in our background. And so that was a a point that I was super excited about. Uh, Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? So it's so interesting. I've been doing a lot of, uh, I've been a guest on a lot of podcasts and that's the first question you want to know about me. And I'm so excited to share about me because (laughs) I, I have to say that I literally am a product of something that my mom, um, a seed she planted in me, let me let me say that. that. She told me that I could be anything that I wanted to be if I made it up in my mind and I just did it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I never really, I, I always heard it. I always, it, I, it was like a song in my head that she taught me. And I didn't really realize that I lived it. And so, um, you know, I, I always wanted to be a pediatrician growing up. And, um, but pediatrician and science and math was not my thing. I'm telling you. And God just took me on this journey. I was a sign language interpreter. I, um, yeah. I used to be a professional clown. Yeah. I had my manicuring license. So if there's something that I put my mind to, I did. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't have a fear of it. I just tried it. I just jumped. Um, and I tried to um, get my degree in speech pathology. I thought that is the angle that God wanted me to go into. Mm-hmm. I didn't get accepted into grad school. Uh, I applied to four schools and all four schools denied me. And at that point in my life, I just kind of didn't know what God was doing. So I just worked full time as an interpreter and um, I had gotten married. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had my son right away, maybe like three months. I got pregnant like three months. Uh, we had dated for like nine years. And, um, and in the beginning, it started out rocky where he didn't know if he really wanted to be married. Mm. Um, never, never shared that with anyone, not even my parents. Um, and so what that did was that pushed me to go back to school. 
And so I didn't know what, and I was like, my mom's a pastor. And I'm like, okay, my friends say, oh, I give good advice. Oh, maybe I could be a counselor, you know? And I went to grad school and grad school was the first time I ever became a straight A student. I loved Mm -hmm. school counseling um, and then just went, continued and got my doctorate. And literally I was sharing that life story with a student. And I said, man, my first dream did come true. I just don't wear a white coat. I work with children and children with needs. And, and, you know, sometimes I have to deal with the physical health, the emotional health, the mental health. Um, I just don't wear a white coat. And so I've always been uh, very passionate about helping others, just like my mother has. But it was because of her Mm. uh, and the seeds that she planted in me that really Mm kind of shaped me into who I am today. Thank God for mothers who can see the potential in their children. Um, And you can tell just as you talk about it, just the passion that you have about your mom. And listen, I'm telling you, I was over here thinking a professional clown, like what? How do you do that? How do you get into being a professional clown? Because I think I'm one, I don't know how professional I am, but you ask my friends, (laughs) I'm a little bit of a clown. But that so is- I just went under another clown and I was like a you know it was like an internship type of thing. My my clown name was Shampoo. Oh <laughs> I love it. I wish you and had I wanted to have stuff. a partner. I wanted to be shampoo and conditioner is really what I wanted, but you know. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. I literally have pictures. Yeah, I, I loved it. Ah, so cool. So cool. I think you're the first person that I have connected with that actually had that in their professional background. So, um, so I feel like this is a first for me. So <laughs> for sharing that. And for it's sharing probably with us. the only one. <laughs> ah, so listen, I am really wanting to talk about the work that you do um, with women around life after separation and divorce. And so um, I know we have, because Freed Up is really about um, helping listeners really just deal with some of those challenges at the intersection of faith and and mental health. Um, But we talk about Freed Up being a journey and not a destination. So we know that it is an ongoing process to experience healing and to be freed up from some of those areas in our lives that we've gone through that have held us back. And so one of the topics that we have not talked about on Freed Up since its inception is um, talking about some of the the, um, trauma and some of the grief and stress and all these other emotional um, experiences that we have um, after an experience like that. And I have gone through uh, separation and divorce myself. So I understand and can connect to this topic and this content in a, in a unique way. So I'm just interested, tell us a little bit about what your journey was, um, through the process of separation and divorce and how, what kind of impact did that have on you spiritually and emotionally? So it's, it's, man, it's so interesting how I was so I was caught off guard, but I wasn't like I knew um, something had changed in my ex-husband. I knew he had become distant. I just didn't know what it was. He always had on a mask. Um, And so I never, you know, I never really knew what was going on until one day he just said, I'm unhappy. And really, I never wanted to be married, which was something that he had told me almost right after we got married. 
Um, but he decided to stay, you know, and really stay for our son. Um, and because we had been together so long, I had been with him since I was 18. So this was the only man I had been with. Um, and so that it was, it was very traumatic for me to hear those words. I never wanted to basically be with you. I never Mm -hmm. wanted to make this commitment to you. Um, and it was rough, like emotionally, it was a roller coaster that didn't have a bar, didn't have a strap. And sometimes, you know, I popped up and down out of that seat that those emotions are, were so heavy for me. And so I knew my son, um, I mean, we kind of knew my son was going to stay with me. Um, I had told my son, you know, sometimes you may have to go with your dad. And he was like, uh, I don't think so. So, you know, I'm trying to work with my son. And even on the day that we moved, I, I had a, a traumatic um, a situation that happened. One of my former students, who was like a son to me, had gotten killed that, that particular day. So it kind of took my mind off of the move. Mm. Um, but even when his friends came over to help us move, his friends didn't even know. And so I think he was kind of ashamed to even say, you know, what was going on. Um, so once it really happened, I, I just can't, it's very foggy for me to kind of explain um, the emotional trauma that I went through. A lot of it was depression. A lot of it was, um, you know, definitely sleepless nights. I didn't, I had a hard time sleeping. Mm -hmm. Um, I also physically lost my hair. And so Mm -hmm. I had to cut all my hair off to like a boy cut. Mm -hmm. And that, I'm going to tell you, that was traumatic for me because we as women, we identify ourselves oftentimes by our hair. Yeah. And not really understanding that our hair does not define who we are, but it was, it was the stress. It was the stress I was going through. Um, and, you know, he financially supported, but in the same regard, I struggled with my identity. I struggled with being with someone who I was with since 18, you know, up until my thirties. Uh, and, and it's like, I didn't know who I was because even before we dated, you know, or while we dated, I was, you know, signing his last name to my name. You know, that's what we girls do. We thinking this is going to be our husband and we, we put our first name and their last name. Oh, that sounds good to get. Like those are the things. So I always had an identity as Mrs. Right, mm-hmm. you know? And so mm-hmm. it was like, who am I? from this name who am i from this person because it was it, we were so connected which i thought um but it, it just took me down a path of negativity it took me down a path um i had thoughts of suicide it took me down a road mm-hmm. i just never thought i would be on i never thought that journey would be for me um but it was a journey that led me into where i was supposed to be Mm-hmm. And um, I always say the one thing that I, um, the one blessing, well, that's a few, but but the one reason why I was supposed to marry that particular person was so my son could be born. And I would do it all over. I would go through the emotional roller coaster all over just for him to be born. Yeah. Um, and it's, I love the the fact that you could pull that grace and that beauty from your story because no matter what it is that we go through 
God has some grace in it. And sometimes mm-hmm. when we're in the midst of something like that, and I can say for, even from my own experience, sometimes when you're in the midst of it, you can't always see the grace. We have to ask oh, for the mm-hmm. grace, the beauty in it. And you shared that your son was that. Um, I, I want you to talk a little bit more about the specific feeling of someone saying that they never wanted to be married and that they didn't want to be with you. Um, that is sometimes expressed in um, behavioral ways and a person doesn't come out and actually say it. But then when you actually hear it, what specifically did you experience emotionally as a result of that statement? Yes. So I, that was the first time I could say I, that was the first time of me ever experiencing rejection. Mm -hmm. I've never Mm -hmm. experienced rejection before to that magnitude. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 it played on a lot of, so what is wrong with me? That, that was the song I, I would say that kept playing in my head because I knew I was a good wife. I worked, I didn't stay home and, and, and try to just let you work. And no, I helped pay bills. I took care of the house. I took care of our son. I did, I did my role. I did my part. And so for me, Mm-hmm. Why would you not want me? Because mm-hmm. I, in my mind, I'm like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really good at what I'm doing here. I, so it just kind of, it threw me for a loop. However, um, I had to come to the, to, uh, or what God had to help me with it. It really was a generational cycle because it's something that his father did. Mm-hmm. And so his mother, when his mother found out, his mother, and I mean, really, truth be told, she's still kind of salty, uh, even though I'm reburied, but she's still salty because for her, she's like, you know, for her son, she's like, you're doing the same thing your dad did to me. Mm-hmm. You're doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't see the connection, but it, 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 it really was more, it, it's more of a generational curse than it really is of him. Um, you know, I don't think he really got, really understood the magnitude of basically doing the same thing that his father did, but it, it impacted me, um, to, I, I just can't, it, it, it's just hard to explain, mm-hmm. um, when you have so many emotions and so many feelings just so wrapped up in it, it's kind of hard to explain those moments, but, I'm telling you, it was a it was a hurricane that I just did not know how I was going to get out of. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and the um, the the rejection piece is especially for um, us as women. We can sometimes take other people's actions and their behaviors, and we can make those we can internalize it and make those actions be about us. We can personalize that. And the truth of the matter mm-hmm. is that that person's actions are their actions and they are not mm-hmm. necessarily a statement about who, connected. who we are. Mm-hmm. They're not about our identity, mm-hmm. but we often connect that. So I think it's so important when we talk mm-hmm. about being freed up that we remember we're separate from what was said and what was done to us. Our identity is not tied up in that. We, our identity is in God and he's already told us who we are. And so that's a, that's one of the challenges I think in, you know, um, breakups. We get stuck. Yes. We get stuck in that place because words, 
words are so powerful Mm -hmm. you know it's you know it's very similar to i didn't experience i didn't experience physical abuse but i was neglected um and you know i had to you know during the separation you know god really had to kind of help me learn really what happened what the truth is from the false narrative God really had to help me to figure out who I was and not attach it, like you said, to what he said to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, it, you know, it, that process of healing, you know, it, it really is all about self-reflection, but it's really about what is the truth and what is the false narrative that you keep telling yourself. It's not, it's a lie. You know what I mean? It's not connected to you. It has nothing to do with you and you cannot connect um, their issues with your issues. You know? Yes. Yes. And, and you, so in you articulating that, those are some lessons that you learn from that whole experience is being able to, to know what the truth is. Uh, and to be able to differentiate that between the false narratives and because the narratives are the tapes that we play in our mind. We interpret information yeah. and yeah. filter that into our minds in a certain way. Talk about some of the other lessons that you took away from the experience overall. So one of the biggest things that I had to, the biggest lesson for me is to stop looking back. And that is something that we as women do. And so we hold on to something very similar to Lot's wife, where we look at back at looking back at something Mm. that God is trying to transition us into something new, Mm -hmm. but because of the unknown, we don't know what's going on in that space. Right. We're scared to move forward. And so that was the biggest transition. I would say for me was Mm -hmm. not looking back. Um, I, I just was with him for so long. Mm -hmm. And so that was the piece I kept grappling in my head well, God, we were together for so long. And actually, I would say we were, we were more roommates than mm-hmm. husband and wife. Mm-hmm. We, we, we worked really well as roommates. We rarely fought. We rarely argued. We rarely had disagreements. Like, we got together. Like, you know what I mean? We connected, I would say, pretty well but really as roommates, not really as a couple, not really. I mean, you know, when we go outside, you present yourself as a couple, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But it's interesting. That's what his parents did too. So at Mm -hmm. home, they lived in separate bedrooms, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But, but when family Mm -hmm. time, it it appeared to be them as a couple. And so not realizing that my marriage was mirroring his parents' marriage, you know what I mean? But in regard I had to literally let go of what was and begin to understand I need to it's time for me to embrace whatever God is doing um in mm-hmm. this new chapter of my life mm-hmm. um, because it's also the other piece is especially depending on how long you've been with the person you feel like you have wasted my everlasting time. You know, I could have had more children. I could have, you know, it's always, I could have, I could have, I could have. Yeah. You know, you know how old you are. Yes, you that's know, a real thing. Mm-hmm. That's a real those are, thing. Those are real feelings and thoughts. Oh my gosh. Yes, that's real. Uh-huh. uh-huh. It's such a real thing. And you feel like, 
I, all the good ones are gone. Mm -hmm. you, know, mm -hmm. you at right now, you at me at an age, you know what I'm saying? And, and all the good, all the good men are gone. That's, that's, that's kind of how you, you, you left me right now. And yeah. so that, that's, uh, that's something else I had to grapple with, but that's that looking back, letting that go. Right. And yeah. embracing whatever God was going to do new in my life. That's a whole complete entire word. And I, I really appreciate how you gave us the visual of Lot's wife because, you know, God was trying to move them out of the, out of that place and bring them into a new place. Mm -hmm. And that looking back always can take us out. Um, so what is it that you did to actually move forward? Because, you know, looking back is a very real temptation when you start thinking about all the things that you had and how is this going to look in the new season? And you're right. Am I going to, do I even want to have another relationship at this stage? So how did you actually move on from it all? So it's so interesting because at first my mindset was, okay, okay, God, he just needs time and you're going to restore. That's what my mindset was. And so oftentimes, sometimes that, that can be our mindset as women. Okay, God, maybe he needs space. Maybe I need space. And then you'll bring it back together. Well, when I realized, when we went and, and, and literally sat down and met and talked about it, and he said, no, I don't want to be married anymore. You know, because but before that, I had hope. I had hope that God was going to restore. And mm -hmm. it's so interesting that uh, I was sharing this with a friend of mine and she said, she said to me, I was giving her some examples of some things that I had been through in my marriage and da, da, da. And she was like, no, 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 you're not talking about restoration. You're talking about creation. She said, honey girl, you, it's a lot of things that you haven't even experienced, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. once I realized that we, that it wasn't going to be resolved, that this was not God's plan, you know, um, then it was, I didn't. So the one piece that I, I didn't feel is I didn't feel loved in the marriage. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that was the first thing that God had to work with me on is feeling loved, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that is the part that I had to start. That was my starting point is trying to um, embrace God's love mm -hmm. and, and need that only. Mm -hmm. Right. And not need the love of a man. That was my starting point. Yes. And then from there, I had to learn how to love me. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. when you're in that role, whether you're married or in a long-term relationship, typically us as women, we take on every role that there is and we don't take care of ourselves. We mm -hmm. don't tend to ourselves. We do not pay attention to our needs, the things that we need, our desires, our goals. We put on hold. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that is, that is the second part that God had to, to help me to work on was me. Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. lastly, he had to help me to be open. Can, can you be open to believe mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I can do something new that you've never experienced, that you've never seen, that you never even heard about? Can yeah. you be open to believe yeah. that position? And yeah. so those are the kind of three things that got, I had to, for me, that is the, that is, that was my path. Wow. 
Ooh, okay, listen, we we gotta we gotta close it down, y'all, for this particular episode. But y'all know y'all have to come on back to finish out this conversation because there's so much more to cover. We're gonna talk about uh, Reverend Dr. Marisha's son and and how she had to um, help him have a relationship with his dad and and um, make sure that he didn't hear all these negative things, y'all. You gotta come back, okay? I hope the first part of this conversation was a blessing to you. Of course, we're going to have Reverend Dr. Marisha come back for a second part in a couple of weeks. You know how we do it. Part two is amazing because we really get into this conversation about residue free. And remember always, I'm walking this path with you. No matter where you are, we're walking it together. God loves you. I love you. And make sure you take care of you.